Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight we will answer your most burning investing and trading questions, explore a list of stocks that you've asked us to take a look at, and of course we'll have another interesting topic that is automated robot trading, road to riches or a crash waiting to happen. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good, and yourself? Welcome to summer. I haven't seen you for such a long time. Yeah, since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to summer. It's strange, isn't it? I know, Melbourne, like, well, I was just thinking yesterday, we're in the middle of summer and all we get is cold and overcast and, and we get Queensland one day and Tasmania the next I know and yet this weekend we're going to be like high 30s nearly 40 degrees so it's going to be fun isn't it yep so you better bring out your budgie smugglers this weekend so you can take a dip in the pool <laughs> I don't know what am I, I going to do, do what am I going to do with you the market's hotting up anyway so <laughs> yep thanks to those who commented um, on the channel after the last show um, let's just talk about some Something interesting. Oh, the quick, oh, look at the tennis payers. You oh, know, no. isn't that interesting what's yeah. going on there? I mean, geez, go into lockdown for 12, 12 weeks or three right or four before months. before you've got to play tennis in 40 degree heat. Yeah. Geez, <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, that's only a small bunch of them, but geez, you know, they get paid a lot of money, so, you know, to do what they do. So if you are watching and you're a tennis player, not all of them do. No, well, not all get of them do. Get paid a lot but, of money. But even the ones down at 100 get paid okay, but they do fly around the world a lot, but mm. that's the life they've chosen. And they know they're coming, you know, with COVID, it's not sort of something new, you know mm, what true, I mean? So, true, But, you know, I don't know how, but I don't know how the cricket went. I know the, with us playing the Indies, did, did we win today or not? I don't even see that. Look, I can't tell you because I wasn't watching it today no, either, but maybe not. somebody on the your, show could. Your husband's a cricket fanatic and you don't know. Well, look, you're telling me I have to sit there and watch it? I'd be bored out of my brains. I think you should. Anyway, okay, well, let's get on with the show anyway. But remember, if this is uh, your first time, welcome to our show. But if you do have a burning question for us, remember to take some action and send an email. Or better still, just upload a 30-second video of yourself to Dropbox and then send us the link as we'd love to see your smiling face and have, us on, have it online with us. So please remember to send all of your questions through to info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Now, remember, as always, we're going to give preference to those who are supporting the show. So subscribe now so you can support the show. Did you practice that in front of the mirror this morning? I did. Did I do it well, did I? You did. Okay. Did I get a gold <laughs> star on elephant's tail? I think we should give him a gold star. Okay. What do you think? It's better than yelling at me all the time. Moving on, it's the third Tuesday in the month and this means we look at world markets. So let's get into the charts right now. Oh, good. Thank goodness we're getting into the charts. <laughs> you love the charts. So what are we looking at? Okay. Well, look, the leaders board shows mm -hmm. the Hang Seng up 6.56%. But look at the middle of the board. This is what I find interesting. There's mm -hmm. a couple at the top at the moment. Straits Times Industrial so there Ad you go. Index yep. up 5%. Mm -hmm. FTSE up 4 Now, we said that the FTSE could end up pushing ahead so far mm -hmm. it's early days this year obviously but well we said that on our last time we looked at this mm. didn't we back in last year yeah and the FTSE's up four percent so far it's doing just as well as the Asian markets and Singapore was one of the worst markets last year in the world too yeah and it's up, up near the top as well but the S&P 500 index is pretty well flat you know it's it's only up what point mm, one there we go oops sorry I went too far sorry yeah and the all odds is ahead of um the, the US market 2. up 1.2% and the ASX uh, 200 up 1.15. But if we look into the red, we can see 
Oh, there's an interesting mix there. We've got the New Zealand yeah. index, which was the one that was the leader, uh, apart from the US market. Mm. That was the next in line at about 15 or 16% up, I think, from memory, but 2% down. 2% down. I mean, we're only looking at the first two weeks of January. This mm. is what this data is because it's calendar year now. If people want to go back and look at what we talked about over the uh, last year, they should look at our, was our last show or second last show we did this? Last year, so our last look, there was a lot of ho ho hoing and, and happy new year in between that. So, you know, expect you me talk, to remember? You're talking about Santa suits and all sorts of other stuff, but but if they if they miss that, then if you go to flix.net, f l i x x.net, and look at our is it our latest one of our, our latest recording which went up yesterday? Yeah, yeah, we actually do go through this list and talk about last year's and bring up how all these indices performed last year from 1 January right through to the 31st. And and that's basically what we did late last year on this. Yeah, so on they should this. enjoy that. So you should, should enjoy that anyway. And some great other stuff on there. So just go to flixx.net and just look for Janine's smiling face and my ugly dial and you'll be able to find what we did um, there. But what do we want to bring up a chart of the S&P and the Dow or do you want to look at some of the I other markets? I can't let you say that. <laughs> you you're a handsome man, Dale. You've got lovely blue eyes. Thank you. Isn't um, what's the, what's blue eyes the singer? The, the Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. I'm yeah. sure he'd be proud of those eyes. I wish eyes. I could sing like him. I tell you. Well, you're pretty good on the guitar. Well, I am. Well, no, yeah, I am. I keep asking yeah. you to play it for the show, but you just refused. No, no, no. They want to hear stock. So let's go and have a look at a All chart. Right. So how about we bring up some stock? How about we bring up the FTSE because I know that's really interesting. Okay, FTSE. So. Yep. Oh, you want me to bring it yeah, all up? I thought up you're for my you. operator tonight. Okay, so there we go. So there's the FTSE. I know you had a lot to say about this before, so let's have a look at it. Okay, now, okay, three weeks weeks up does not make a market, but it is a really good start. Well, that's three months actually, but anyway. <laughs> okay, you've got it on the monthly. Take your foot Three months email. is even okay. better. <laughs> so it's good to see the FTSE moving up. However, the challenge for the FTSE is that resistance level around the 3,000 point mark. Oh, okay. sorry, which one? So the if you're just looking level. at three, th sorry, 7,000, I'm just honest. tricking you. What, what have you been smoking today? <laughs> okay, so around 7,000. 7,000 point mark, okay. Um, yeah, so you can see the significant resistance there and the market has actually eased off a little bit mm. as, as of um, the recent close. So you can see the close is actually mm. about halfway on the bar for the month yep, so far. right there. Yeah, so if, can we just go to the weekly chart now so Absolutely. we can see a bit more action? Your wish is my command. All right. And we can see there a nice move up two weeks ago yep. and the market literally just stopped and took a breather. Mm. So that's to be expected. There's a bit of uncertainty, but I think the FTSE is looking really nice. Well, it's sort of like, I mean, the Australian mm. market did the same thing. It took off, then last week it was a bit bit. It looks like our banks, doesn't it, almost? It looks like our banks, <laughs> and obviously Bank, this week. So, But I was expecting yeah, this NAB. week. Mm. I, I know on my market report yesterday I said, you know, our market should be going down into a low sometime between the end of January and mid-February. Yep. When I you say a low, how many low, weeks? Only a couple of weeks down. Yep. But I was suggesting our market may go up for one or two weeks before it does that. But if we're down, we're down a little bit at the moment. So if we keep going down a little bit, we might have started that move Mm. basically probably a little bit early but probably on on time but it is possible we'll move down into late January for a couple of weeks. So in order for that to happen we need the banks and the financials to move down for a couple of weeks? Correct yeah. Um, but you're saying that it could move on for two weeks and then have the the pullback for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could. What I mean, obviously, we're only on Tuesday. We've had two days down this week. We so. haven't had Chinese New Year yet. So we haven't could had change things, couldn't well, it? well, it could change things from that point of view. But if we do get um, a closing high this week, we could get next week up. Maybe. I think the most exciting thing is that we haven't seen mm -hmm. a big sell-off in January, which sometimes happens. So, no, we haven't. Um, because we haven't seen that, I think that mm -hmm. bodes really well. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go and have a For quick the look at the, the S&P 500. So there's the S&P 500 so far. This is yep. the daily chart. So let's make it to the mm. monthly chart to have a bit of a look. So this is your S&P 500 here. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking really, really, really strong if I just take some of that so you can see it. But Bit of indecision through, so this may be finding a peak at the moment. Now, you and I discussed for the Flix mm -hmm. recording that we did, we are just talking about before, that yep. we're expecting there's a potential for a little bit of a pullback. Mm -hmm. We could see 
um, before the market then continues to move up. But mm. if it just keeps going up, you know, where is it going to end? Well, it is, and this will depend on the technology stocks, which I know we talked mm. about a lot yesterday on on our recording. I for think it's Flicks. going to be financials that's going to have a big impact there mm. as well. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be financials and probably some of the energy stocks and some of the other industrial stocks mm. that could be pushing the marketplace. Here's the Dow. It's a little bit different. So that was the high from February last year. But have a look at the Dow. That's your February high last year. It's only, oh, sorry, January 2021. I'm oh, sorry, this is a daily chart. Go to there the monthly. Yep. There's your last February. So the amount of movement past that is not very much. So you're not getting the same strength behind the Dow. So this might but play you, a bit of catch-up. Look up. historically, though, because it doesn't tend to do that. Mm. It tends to trade within previous mm. month's ranges before it then takes off. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so the fact that it actually pushed straight up last month in December and didn't trade much within the range of November, that really does look good for the yeah. market, doesn't it? Long, so we're thinking, as far as world markets, we're thinking the FTSE is going to be better, mm. the Singapore is going to be better, or the SECC. So the ones that are actually Hong out Kong. of favour last year, yeah, Hong Kong. they're going to take a, a move into the limelight yeah. and start to move up. Yep. Yeah, and the NASDAQ, the S&P is probably not likely to be one of the leaders. Mm. So so there you have our take on the world markets at the moment, or a brief take. As Jenny and I said, you can have a look at our recording from four flicks that we put up into Flix yesterday. So go and have a look at our friendly faces and you'll be able to look at that. But we do have a lot of stocks that we've got to discuss tonight. So thank you to all of those who have sent in emails. We really do appreciate it. Now, one of the best ways to get your email at the top of our list for the next show is really to send your question in while you're watching. So if you've got that thing going, ah, oh, I need to have a question there, just start typing and send it to info at wealthwithin.com.au and make sure you send it uh, with chocolates because No, no, then the other way they could get at the top of the list is if they actually sent chocolates. You did that for you, I didn't wrote, you? Because I'm not allowed to I eat wrote chocolate. That, but I made you say My it. wife won't <laughs> let me eat chocolate on this diet and I'm on a no-food diet. I think I've become a breatharian. I've just got to breathe. Okay. That's all I'm allowed to Look, have. I think you might be allowed to have one before 8 p.m. Okay, so let's get into the show. Okay, let's get into your questions now. Uh, last week I made a mistake, and I'd like to apologise. You for made bringing... a mistake? Did you say that? I'd like to apologise for bringing up the wrong code for one of our lovely followers, Julian. You may have been excited. I was thinking about you afterwards when I saw your reply on YouTube and when we picked up your question and then to be let down like that. So our director told me that I must put yours first today. So Julian says, hey guys, just wanted to mention the last question was about AVA risk management and why it had a decent drop after the great 2020. Um, now I've actually opened up a stock there. Can you double check that I've actually got the right one? Yeah, it I, doesn't say risk management, it says risk group. No, nah, last last week I actually watched the recording in the morning. I got mm. up and I watched it before I saw that. And I'm, as soon as I saw this stock code here and next to it, it's, it said US, I went, oh, we did the wrong stock. Whoops. So, whoops. so this is said, the right stock. That's very um, politically so, no, correct well, of you. No, I split the blame because I should have picked that up as well. But when you guys look at this name, if you see this, that's the stock code AVA, and that just says it's Australia. If it said US, then obviously US, it's on the US market or other markets. So you'll see that when we change it around. So let's talk about this stock now, and get it right. This is a classic example. This is a really interesting example of, mm -hmm. of what a stock that's been accumulated. Yep. That's so all of this pattern right it through It was yeah. accumulated from 2017 through to early 2020. So that's what mm. that sideways move is. And when we talk about this in the course and about it's about recognising those sorts of movements. It's really important when you're trading to be able to look at the big picture environment. But so many people are fixated on what's the stock mm. doing now? Has it gone up? Did it go up yesterday? Did it go down yesterday? Instead of actually looking at the monthly chart and making sure they understand where the stock is. Now, once that stock started moving up, it proved mm. to be in a nice uptrend. A nice and you uptrend. can see there on the weekly ch chart that really nice trend there that Dale's showing. But since then, it's it's almost changed its personality. And whether that's mm. temporary or not, we won't know for a few weeks. But at the moment, with the close being down this week, it's indicating that it's more likely to go down and up. Mm. So it needs mm. to turn around and get back above, strongly above that that recent high, the 65 cents, and start pushing back up before we know whether it's going to rise mm. again. So, you know, if you are holding this stock, then you would be seriously looking at what am I, what's my what's exit, exit strategy. strategy? Uh, if you weren't holding the stock, look, I think that it's a higher risk from the point of view of liquidity. 
Mm, so is. it should be one of those ones that you would only look at if you didn't have, you know, if you've got a list of 20 stocks that you're watching, why would you need this one? So, Correct. You know, yeah. um, but if you were looking for stocks and you wanted to have that one out of maybe 10 or 12 stocks in your portfolio that might have been a little bit higher risk, but you've got some knowledge and you're, tr you're trading using rules, proper rules, then it might be something to consider. Um, once it trades up strongly. Mm. Can I just show something? I know a lot of mm -hmm. people, when they, we talk about stocks like this, these lower cap stocks, I mean, you're looking at 10, 20 cents down here. Yeah, because you like some of these lower cap stocks, but only at the right time. Only at the right time when it's lower liquidity. Risk. So this mm. one was here, was it, you know, opened at 14 cents and with you know, volume of 2.7 million. So you'd multiply those month. two. It's in a month. So there's not a mm. lot of liquidity in a month. But if I take out these, these last few bars through here, you can see how different... Um, oh, sorry, I need to take it out on our, on our training manager. So if I take out these couple of bars, you can see how everything changes a bit um, through here. Yep. And people are, people are looking at this going, oh, wow, you know, hey, look, it's moving really, really well. And you're seeing some of these ranges from here to here. There's 123%. But people are in and out and they're in over over multiple years. And a lot of people, when we're talking about some of these stocks, they don't think this is happening because all they see is They've got this the big move on. through here. They've got mm. the blinkers on. And so this is what Janine and I are constantly saying is you might have some big moves through here, but really when you look at the bigger picture, you're going up and down the yeah, wrong Yeah, you don't place. want to be in it for that sort of sloppy mm. sideways trading because a mm. lot of people, they follow mm. what... I don't know, range trading. That's yep. what they do. And they're trying to trade up and down within mm. a range. And then they end up missing those big ones. Yeah. Mm. All right. So let's get on to the next question. But thank you very much. And we do apologize for Janine making the mistake. But the next question we have is from Javid, um, or I think his name is Jazz. Um, Hi, Dale and Janine. Can you please provide your analysis on Origin Energy for the next few months, how it's going to perform. I purchased this stock at $7.45 just before the COVID crash, and I'm holding till, till now in a view of oil prices bounce back on this stock uh, will go up. But till now, Origin has not performed well as compared to counterparts like Woodside Oil Search Santos. Uh, do you think it will reach $7 or above by my by next few months? Thanks and regards, Jazz. Look, um, it's interesting that he's talking, or that Jazz is talking mm about the next few months because until we see the next couple of bars on the chart you don't know whether it's rising or mm. falling it looks like it's setting up to go higher at the yep. moment but if it trades down below that four dollars what is around 60 or 55 where's, then it's my, more likely where's to fall. my thing at? so you're talking about down below here yeah if it trades below there then we know it's going south so it's just mm. a matter now of seeing direction so if he's watching the price and he starts to see it moving up again from where it is right now mm. it's it's like a seesaw Yep. That's how people need to look at it. You know, we can have a view on it and we can say to you that we think it's more likely to rise than fall right now. Mm. But next week, if it turns down and takes out that low, well, our view is going to change. So that's Correct. as simple as you need to be when, when you're looking at trading. Have a rule to enter. And in your case, you've already got the stock. And the risk is that, yep. you know, if it keeps on falling, then he's risking more of his capital. That's the Yeah, I mean, problem. obviously, Jazz bought it somewhere in here. I think it was $7 something. So it's either he bought it through here or mm. around there, or he bought it here thinking it was cheap, one of the two. And he didn't doesn't say, and it's irrelevant anyway right now, he's in a loss situation. So what you're saying in summary is if it goes above sort of here, it's great, hang on to it, it'll go yep. up, up. And it may go up through to $7, it may not. I mean, just stay with it while it's going up, and that's the best you can do. But if it goes down, have an exit strategy. Correct. So that's what Janine's actually saying. So if it goes sort of below this sort of $4.80 level, it's probably just a bit just to get out and find another stock and get into and something else. And just wait for it to unfold. Like if it, if mm. it does take out that low, the risk is it could continue the overall mm. decline yeah. and then there'll be better opportunity down mm. the track. But of course, it's up to you, Jazz, what you want to do and just That's making right. sure that you have a strategy for yourself so that you're looking making after your, your money and you're mm. making your own decisions. But I think we've got another question now, haven't we, Janine? We do. We've got a question from Jack. Hi, Janine and Dale. Could you please take a look at Cochlear? It's a good stock. I noticed it then started, it started to push higher with the general market across October and November and I decided to jump in on the 18th of November 2020. It turns out this was the exact day the stock turned around and has Perfect been timing. plummeting since. I'm now down around 25% on this um, the purchase made up around 10% of my portfolio. Now that's a good um, mm. percentage to have so it seems the stock has, has a consistent history of uh, big swings like this over the last 20 years. And being a top 50 stock on the ASX, my gut feeling is to hold it for longer term and wait for it to swing back up as it's historically happened. So what do you think he's saying? 
So Cochlear, look, if we squash up the monthly chart, this is what yeah. um, Jack's talking about. And I think it's awesome that he's actually looking over the mm. history. Um, and if I can just grab that there. Do you want me to do it for you? Yep. It needs a gentle touch. Yeah. Um, we can see there, it does have a history at times of going up and down, which most stocks do. Here it was actually really volatile, but it, even all the way up here, it still will do this track up and down. What we're seeing now is something I think that's quite different with Cochlear. Mm. And I'm just a bit concerned for the stock right now in terms of its longer term, bigger picture direction, because in my opinion, it's got to get back above two, $220 before I would even consider looking at it. So we looked at this for our clients, direct equity, and we decided to, it was too, a bit too risky because of this resistance around this zone. And it did go through mm. it and we thought maybe we were wrong, but in the end it turned around and went back down. So, and quite heavily so. Now, this stock actually had a, um, an offer. The company made an offer some time yeah. back. And at the time I had expected the share price to fall away. And I thought that's interesting because it didn't fall away anywhere near as what as far as, I, you know, it, it often, these stocks often will when these offers come out. Mm -hmm. And I thought perhaps the institutions didn't get enough of it, but it looks like they've sold it off. And okay. there must be must have been some news that came out. But I, I stopped following it when it started to, to pull back because it's not one that we would be continuing to watch at the moment. But look, at the moment, I don't like it. I think that the real risk is to the downside. I think it's one of those week-by-week -week propositions that, you, you know, if you were holding the stock, you would have to just follow it week-by-week. But again, it just tells you about the importance of having that stop loss in there because it's going to be a little while before we know um, whether it's going to go up again. Well, sort of a, to me, it's sort of a choice of a couple of things, isn't it? It's obviously, he's bought it and it's gone down. He picked mm. exactly the His wrong day to buy it. His portfolio positioning was really good, 10%. So brilliant. his risk is right, but mm. it's just having that stop loss in there, isn't it? Yeah, it is about having the stop loss, but he's saying, well, maybe I should just hold it long term because mm. it is a top 50 stock. And the theory is if you hold it long term enough on a stock like this, you'll probably make some money on it. But it's also questioning whether the opportunity cost is there as well. And yeah. so, so what we're saying is if is it better to have your money in another stock going up mm. than keeping it in here? So sometimes it's better just to take a loss on a stock and put your money in something else that you know is going up and it's going to get a better return for you rather than hang on to something that may and, not do anything for quite it, a while. if it did come back, are you going to be able to stomach that? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So therefore, that's what you've got to look at anyway. So have a think about all that. And I'm obviously Janine's giving her thoughts and uh, she's not really positive on cochlear at the moment but um, but thanks for the question anyway mate uh, the next one we've got is from andrew who says hello dale and janine happy new year or happy new year to you andrew what are your thoughts on select harvest shv it looks like there might be long-term support around five dollars if it bounces from here i'm thinking of jumping in cheers andrew so let's have a good look at it look it's really yeah. been struggling for a long time select yeah, harvest been. that seven $8 mark is really heavy for this share. Just can't seem to get through it and hold above it. And now we've recently seen this pullback from with, you know, with the COVID effect mm -hmm. coming through, that's just created another level of volatility, but it did rebound after COVID hmm. and then it's fallen away again. So, so it rebounded through here, it's fallen away, it's rebounded and it's fallen away, but I can't see, I think he's talking about it. Wasn't he saying somewhere where he thinks it's finding some support or rebounding now? Look, it, it may do, but that but it's it, right now it's in a in a mm. real catch twenty two situation because it could continue the overall decline the way yeah. it's unfolding, and it needs to get above that previous short term peak on the weekly. See that if you can just point to Through that one there. there. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to see it get above about five dollars fifty over the next. Few, probably a couple of months, it must get through there. Mm. Otherwise it's in trouble. I think. It's not about picking, it's like Jenny and I have talked numerous times about catching falling knives. And I'm not saying this is it, but jumping on a stock like this early will bite you on the bum if it starts to turn around. You're better off leaving some money on the table for somebody else to take to risk. And it's about mm. levels of risk. Well, we risk. don't know whether he's hold, holding it or whether he's No, he's looking at buying. He said, I'm looking to buying it on the bounce. Oh, okay, I missed so, that. Yep. And to me, that's really where, that's, that's, crazy. The, that's, that's the mistake that I'm su suggesting is a stock like this, you just don't try and jump into it early because it will give you a little of a false triggers, which it has done in the past. So just sit back, wait. Leave somebody else take the high risk and then jump in later once it's a little bit lower risk because there is a ton of room to profit if it starts its new longer term uptrend. So next question, right. Jane. The next question we have is from Paul. 
Hi Dale and Janine, Accelerate Your Wealth's a great read and made the perfect Christmas present for me. I found it very refreshing and you clearly draw lines in the sand and identify best practice for an industry that can suck people in very easily with the massive amounts of ambiguous information. So I, I thought I'd add that in there. We don't normally put fo these favourable mm. comments about the books, etc. in there, but because he made the reference to the to the industry, I thought that was really relevant. Yeah, it is, and I do get when we get a lot of lot of people looking at the book. I mean, it's on the screen, I think, behind you, isn't it? Yeah, so they put it on behind you. So get into the bookstores and buy it or buy it online. But because seriously, thirty bucks, what it's it's going to be the best education you have if you're a bit inconsistent with your trading, you don't understand the market very much. Just get the book. All know. right. Now, his quick question: mm. wondering what your thoughts are on blockchain stocks, companies which will be the tech behind the use of cryptos, and I've always liked companies that have big clients. A good example of this, someone like NextDC, whose customers are companies like Amazon and other large clients who need storage. So the best blockchain operating system to support the use of cryptos may be worth investigating. Interesting theory. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about blockchain um, in the past mm. as being the key. I mean, is it like the gold fields and the, the people selling the, the buckets and the shovels are the ones that made the money and not the people doing the mining? Yeah, to some degree, because on the blockchain you can launch you can launch cryptos or mm. current cryptocurrencies on somebody's blockchain. Mm. So you can actually do that. So there are a few of those out there, but um, I can't. Janine and I aren't ex experts on that area, on blockchain area, and, and who actually is doing this. Uh, obviously, we have friends and business associates that are experts on it and we can find out more for you if you want to do that but it's more about looking at that space and saying well what is relevant and are they listed and uh, you know are you getting into that who, who is making the money I mean so, I think it's worth investigating however anything that mm. you invest your money in is worth researching mm. but at the end of the day if the chart's not going up and there's not a reason to be putting your money into something, why would you? Why would you? And I mean, NextDC is a data centre provider. That's all it does. Mm. It has a big web. There's one of those in South Melbourne here in Melbourne, and we've had servers in there. Um, servers yeah. Australia is another one. I've got Amazon. a chart up at the moment if you want to take oh, a little Next look. Oh, NextDC. No, not at the moment. So we'll get there. She always wants to get onto a chart, guys, always. So NextDC, basically Amazon puts servers in there. That's pretty much what they do. So it's not really about blockchain. Amazon is just using all their servers for hosting. And Amazon Web Service, a lot of people host websites on them, etc. So, but next DC, great stock. Have a look at it now on the screen. Okay, now you can go. Okay, now I'm not sure. Look, looking at this, you can see there that on the right hand side, it's mm -hmm. slowed down significantly. Yeah. So we've seen a, a peak that formed here. We've got another one here, and now we're seeing a third peak on mm -hmm. this side. I think it's had its run. It looks like it's had its run. Right, it looks like it's going to come back. If we see the, the this takeout, this uh, low, which, what's that? November twenty twenty. Can you just look at that? I've got to put my glasses on. I can't see across. It's a low of eleven dollars and fifteen cents. <laughs> okay, it's so a blind leading the blind. So then we've got here the high in December twenty twenty. So what we need to see is next DC break that high and start moving up again over the next few weeks. If it doesn't do that and it keeps going down we're more likely to see it come back in between this $9, $10 mark. Mm. Then I would seriously be having a look at have it. Have a look at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I, mean, I mean, we have servers in data centres in South Melbourne. Like, we've had them in Next DC. We've got them in another one down the road at the moment. So it is a good area because that's going to be growing. A lot more people, everything's online with all the cloud technology and it's growing a, because of COVID, so it is a good thinking, or your thinking is really, really good. Blockchain technology, not 100% sure, and obviously doing some research, as Janine said, into all that. But I think we need to move on now, don't we? Well, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Are you finished? Oh, look, I was finished a long time ago. We have lots more to come. Before we get into that, now's the perfect time to hit that subscribe button and also like the video. Thank you. Now, we're going to talk about the topic for oh, tonight. All right, so Which I can fall asleep, can I? I think you need to be part of it. Oh, okay. Automated robot trading, road to riches or a crash well, waiting to happen? Isn't that what automated trading is? You just turn your brain off and fall asleep and let it happen? We'll get into that in a minute. Okay. One of the big questions for 2021, is robot trading stocks the answer to your success in the stock market? Over the past two years, there has been an explosion of new fintech companies and apps that utilise high-frequency trading as a means of getting investors to trade more. Now, in fact, many proponents of high-frequency trading state that automated algorithmic trading will replace humans in the coming decade. But what does this really mean? And is this form of trading in your best interest? 
While on the surface, there seems to be a good argument as to the advantages of high-speed trading, we need to ask, who does this technology really benefit? And is this actually disadvantaging individuals or making them more money? Right now, Dale and I will share our perspective on the world of algorithmic or high-frequency trading together with the fintech apps that make this service available and we'll highlight what you need to know if you choose to use them and what effect this may have on your trading. Wow. So it's a big topic, isn't it? What a mouthful. Jeez, I'm impressed. You didn't even take a <laughs> breath, I don't think. You could talk underwater. Because <laughs> I don't know how you got all that out. I mean, you tell me I talk a lot. Well, it's hard to keep up with you at times because, you know, if I, ha if I write it well, into the script, I know that I can talk. When you're a you genius, know. it goes everywhere, doesn't it? <laughs> and there's a fine line between mad and genius too. I know that one. Okay. So let's first explore what automated trading is all about. Now, trading algorithms or programs which uh, either with simple or fancy calculations, allowing trades to be worked into the market. Now, according to the code, a set of criteria so that the orders can be worked in over time, or they may be programmed to identify buy and sell trades and execute them. So pretty much simply is, is they're computer programs that run and they might um, actually, we might give them a big order, like as an institutional trader ourselves, we might give them a big order and they might break it up into X number of parcels and then just as one gets sold, they keep putting up the next one. That's an algorithm trading. They might There's lots of different types of algorithms in the marketplace there for that. But there's all the other ones where that we've I've been seeing since the 90s that you push a button and the computer scans the market and tells you what to trade. Sometimes they throw it directly to the market and well, automatically trade for you. The institutions created them because mm. they make it more efficient for them to get massive amounts of money into the marketplace. Mm and get the trades on and get small positions on so that other players in the market don't know what they're doing. And you can see it if you look in the depth of the market at any time, you'll see and just mm. um, look at all of the individual entries in there if you can see that detail and you'll see small amounts traded on any particular stock, even top 20 stocks at times can have mm. really small amounts and there can be stacks of orders one after the so other. So some of it's good, isn't it? So some of that's really good mm. like look, from, from what? Well, are we getting into that bit yet or not? Are we? I don't know. You're leading the trail. At, a, at an individual level, there are algorithms available that allow people to follow them like a black box and others where they can set rules for a buy or sell trade and the program automates the transaction into the market. So, And these are connected back to a broker. And of course, we've seen a lot of fintech companies introduce algos via online apps that tell people what to buy and sell. And all you have to do is press a button. Wow. Well, mm. <laughs> we should discuss Therefore, that. Was that simple? So, so there's the technology, as in mm -hmm. at an institutional level, they have the algorithms, which yes. are programs that they can set. And we've used these before where we just give the broker an order and then we just put the trades in the market and they can work it over the day. And that mm -hmm. allows um, big trades to be placed into potentially companies of all different sizes, regardless of the liquidity, mm -hmm. um, to get those on so you don't rock the boat per se. Mm -hmm. And then there are other... Um, Technology, there's other technology apps, etc., that are being bought out to allow individuals to be able to put trades into the marketplace. There's also, and that's um, or to just to press a button, and then there are other um, mm -hmm. programs that allow individuals to actually do what the institutions do and to, um, to trade based on a set of criteria that are stored in that app through broking websites, but just a bit different to the the app that's on the phone that says buy now, but you've actually chosen the, the, the algorithm or program and how you want it to work. Some mm -hmm. you can even modify to the way that you want to, it to work. Yep. So, so it's almost like handing that technology over to the individuals, but is that like handing a loaded gun basically to people who don't know how to use it safely? Because, you know, what, what, what could be the downside of doing that or the disadvantage to individuals? Well, well I think in, in the terms of splitting that into two parts, one is can algorithms be really helpful? And the answer is yes, mm. um, especially when we're talking about large trades going into the market from fund managers and everything so that they don't push the market. So, for example, to give people an example, let's say BHP trades at 10 million shares per day and a, broke, and a big fund wants to sell 2 million shares. So instead of putting all those shares on in one hit and moving BHP adversely and panicking the market, whether it's buy or sell, they drip feed them on, or they do multiple different orders like iceberg yep. orders where you can't see the whole order. And that's really what Janine was talking about. You see smaller parcels. Um, and it's rare for us to place a trade in the market where they know our full position, isn't it? 
We yeah. really, really ever put our full position. And we're only a small fund manager because you don't want the market to see what you're doing because you don't want to move the market. You want to get a good price. But there are also other algorithms like VWAP or the volume weighted average price. So you run it for that for the day. So Which is only a basic, a very basic, basic one. It's only basic stuff. But then you mm. have other algos. But think about what that does on the chart and what mm. an individual actually sees when they're looking at the chart. So when the institutions mm. are you know, distributing or accumulating stock, you can see the chart move sideways yeah. for a while. So they'll just be, you know, picking in and out of the market. And eventually when there's enough, you know, the buyers outweigh the sellers, then the stock will take stock off will take in off the again. opposite, you know, the upward direction and vice versa. Mm. So that's what you can look for when you're looking at how something's being traded. You can be observing the depth in the marketplace and you can also look at the way the mm. stock's trading on the chart and see what's going on and make sense of it. Yeah, so on an individual level, you mentioned mm. there's software that does that. Now, I know in the 90s, I used to see people all the time where they'd be ringing me saying, oh, I've got this, uh, this software, it costs 15, 20 grand, you know, and all I've got to do is, you know, turn it on and it, it downloads the data and then it tells me what to trade for the day. And I went, are you seriously thinking that's going to work for you? Mm. And really, and they go, yeah, but it's proprietary information, all this secret stuff. And when you looked into it, all they were doing was scanning on a moving average or something and you can do that quite easily. No, but they easily. were also seeing that when the, the, the brokers had mm. made recommendations, they were appearing there and they were following those recommendations. Correct. Correct. So, you know, that gives the broker a huge advantage if they Absolutely. know they're going to get volume coming through. And that's why those those a lot of those apps are giving brokers advantages too. Well, we, well these app, these new apps, what they're doing is they're scalping in front of you. So, mm. that's, so that's where they're getting commission-free trades and they're seeing trades come through. They're sending out these things to the phones and then people are hitting a green they button They know that buy. there's a buy recommendation going out through mm. this particular app, therefore, you yeah. know, we're beyond that. Yeah, mm. and if you're, and it's, it's again, it's about Not scarcity. Us, but <laughs> you don't want to be buying when everybody else is buying because it will affect the price. And so if you, if you don't know how many people are going to get that recommendation and hit that button all at the same time. Do you know how we, use, we talk a lot about the herd mentality? Yeah. Because to me, that just is a classic case of being part of the herd, not actually, you know, taking the blinkers off and actually seeing the herd mm. running and looking at where they're going to actually going. Are they going off a cliff or are they, you know, running up a nice trend? Where are they? Mm. Mm. So can I talk a bit about artificial intelligence? Go Am for I it. To? Mm. I'm just, I'm not, from, I've, I've seen a lot of artificial intelligence trading platforms and I've been invited to sit on Zoom meetings with people launching them. Um, over the last five years, I've seen several of them, and, and one was only like about four months ago. It's one they were um, in some country in Europe. They were wanting me to look at it, to invest in it, and maybe help them launch it. And I started looking at it, and I went, "This is just not going to work," just because of how and they were te what they were testing on and how they were doing it. And it was people that were highly technical in nature. They were brainiacs and they, they could code, but I looked at it, it didn't work. And then I rang some people I knew who were very highly technical in the area and they just laughed. And then I also, but I've also had a couple, we've also had a couple of students too, haven't we, mm. on this? Yeah, so look, um, you know, mm. there have been um, individuals who we've worked with and mm. also through um, the development of the software that we use, the proprietor who, who owns that software and has developed that software has talked about it, mm. that, you know, there is nothing that's going to beat the good training in an individual and their brain once Correct. they're trained but to be able to do this well. So, you know, on the surface, there seems to be, you know, advantages, um, you know, for people to be able to do this. And I think the advantage is that if you were trading a lot, that you could look more or less because people say to me all the time, I've got to, I'm working, I'm busy, I need to, mm -hmm. my trades to be put on. So there are some advantages in being able to just set a strategy yeah. and off you go, and then the computer takes care of it. But you don't want to allow the computer to have to think. Um, you don't mm -hmm. want the computer to be able to think for you, do you? No, because at the end of the day, it's about, you said, don't follow the herd. So you really don't follow the herd. So that's part of it. And when you're following the herd, you're not necessarily going to be super profitable. But what we're looking at is also, it, it's about your, your brain, brain is a supercomputer. So mm. it works better than that. So being individual and being, and being contrarian to the rest of the market is really about you profiting more. And if you're leaving it up to computer, now I know, you're going to only look at YouTube any day and any video that tells you I'm buying these three stocks now has most amount of views because people don't want to do the work to pick their own buyers and sellers. But then that's the risk in itself. Mm. And having a computer program, they I'm not saying they don't work. They'll work for periods of time where you'll make money, but then you'll give your money back to the market. That's been my experience for 
25 years of watching these computer programs. Look, we, we, we know a guy who's, you know, a brainiac mm. and he mm. worked on developing his own system because the, the software that we use allows you to mm. test the um, test algorithms and strategies, right? And so you yep. can test different strategies in this software. However, mm. um, you, you know, they've found that over time it might work extremely well depending on what strategy you end up using for a while, but then it goes out of kilter. It does. And it's not working anymore. So then you've got to try to work out how to fix that. And if you're using something that's um, automated, how does your brain all of a sudden turn around and correct that? You have to go right back to the calculation, review it. But what are you actually reviewing? Correct. And that's you know? really where I, probably my thing is, it's like, is the market logical or emotional? Mm. And that's really where I go back to simple. The market runs on emotions, fear and greed. We know that. Yep. There's a certain logic in it as well and underlying fundamentals. And the concerning part is that the institutions could be putting out mm. these algos for people to trade mm. and they know their hand. They know your hand. They know how people who are using oh, those yeah. algos and those apps are going to trade. Absolutely. And mm. I know brokers, I've been chatting with brokers who deal with certain people with these apps or with um, these different plans, so to speak, or algos. And they know and they're, they're taking clips all over the place and making a lot of money out of it. So and if they're giving if, if you're getting something for free, like free brokerage, something else is costing you somewhere. So they're either selling your data or they're taking a clip on top of you. So you're getting your buy and sell won't be there. But, you know, to me, so there's some really good positives with algorithmic trading and doing this and having these apps, but there's also a big danger as well. What, whatever they do, it's important mm. to come up with a strategy and test it over a long period of time. Mm. So five to 10 years, five yeah. years minimum, 10 years ideal, and then just check to see how it works over that time period. So not mm. just to sort of say, okay, someone's got this algo, they're telling me it really works, I'm gonna use it, and then start putting your money into the market in that way. That's just crazy. Mm. So it's about, you, you know, we've always said, and you've said, you know, in particular when we're at workshops standing there, if you don't believe me, go and test it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and it just is, and it just gets back down to the market changes personality all the time, and algorithms can't do that. The advantage of being able to test it on a chart, mm. physically with your eyes, seeing things, is you can actually identify mm -hmm. better strategies to take. But with the algo, you yeah. can't because you're not. You're actually looking at code. You're not actually in the chart. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you're in the chart and you can actually. Um, you know, be able to identify exactly what went wrong because you know how to read a chart properly, I think you're going to be miles in front. So mm. a good, good, educated and experienced trader, will they beat an algo? I think they will. I think that over time, I don't think... It, look, if, if institutions were going to replace traders with algorithms, they would have already done it completely, but they haven't. They're using both. Okay, so should people be so worried about algorithms and high-frequency trading? Look, I think that COVID is an example of how that actually impacts the market and how this can mm. cause higher volatility on our market. And I think that regulators need to be really, you know, attuned to this, what's going on, this change mm. in technology. Um, I just think that people need to be aware of it and they need okay. to be mindful of the volatility. And, and the types of stocks that you trade can be more impacted. Like we show on the show that there are some stocks that will fall faster than mm. other stocks and can be more highly impacted by these sorts of activities. Okay, so in summary, we believe it's very dangerous for people to rely solely on apps or algorithms to make decisions in the market. And because the best computer is your brain once properly trained, we don't believe that human traders will become redundant anytime soon because the technology has existed for decades and even major institutions still employ traders to make the decisions. So that's got to tell you something, doesn't it? It does. So now let's get into some more emails. But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. Whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on the like button. So is that your thumbs up? That's my thumb up. Mm. Um, we have a question from David. Hello, team. He says, can I have your technical analysis opinion on the chart for brand protection YPB group? Please, thank you. So you were so polite, of course, how can we refuse? So looking at this stock- Don't ask me, I'd have to get the swear jar out. <laughs> so Dale's taken one look at the chart and he, he wants me to bring the jar out. So I'm, he's actually overdue to put some money in that one. Uh, so looking at YPB group, you can see the monthly chart looks okay, but along the bottom there, you could say, okay, is this accumulation that someone's accumulating the stock? But if you squash up the weekly chart for Okay, us, for what? Um, you can see it's still in decline and just sliding along the bottom there. It's just almost gone to nothing, hasn't it, in terms of its value? Oh, yeah. It's just... Ugh. It's like the picket fence scenario. You've just got lots no. of these little bars that um, repeat each other. We're talking about 0 0.002 of a cent. 
So it's not worth anything at all. It's worth, yeah. Look, I think, it really I think needs I almost, to... We, I think most people would spend more on their lunch than that, co that stock's yeah, worth. Yeah, so if you don't own it, we're saying, you know, just... Yeah. This is a high-risk proposition, so it, it would need to trade back above one cent or something, wouldn't it? Um, we don't often get share that this low, so it's almost got us gobsmacked, and that yeah. doesn't happen very often. Yes, I'm speechless. Yep. I'm not allowed to say anything because I'll get told off probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next email we have is from Andrew. He says, I bought JBH or JB Hi-Fi at $35.83. Your thoughts on this stock is much appreciated. From the chart, it looks like it's on a nice bullish run. Kind regards, Andrew. So $35 he bought it at. So he's doing really he's well. He's doing really well. Now, it looks good. I love um, it. it looks the way good. that it's unfolding. This is one of the most highly shorted stocks mm. on our market. Um, JB Hi-Fi, so that tends to have some volatile periods on the market. It's recovered nicely from COVID. Mm. However, looking at the, today, it had an announcement which yeah. is really positive, and yet look at the daily chart. Have a look at the, look at the okay. bar chart. Jeez, oh, I've got to run the mouse the whole day today. What's You'll going on? You're getting a bit lazy, eh? Now, what do you make of that? It's a bar chart. So it gapped up on the announcement, traded oh. down and closed low. What would that tell you? Well, somebody was in the know, wasn't it? It's was a bit manipulated. Somebody was in the know. Mm -hmm. Is it also that maybe it's a bit overdone? It's a bit overcooked. Generally, when you get big jumps like that, if you're looking at that, it's people, how do you get the announcement and automatically go to that? Somebody's watching that and there's six and a half percent up. So somebody's jumped in, probably somebody in the big end of town bought in a whole lot and then waited for everybody else to get in and then started selling to them mm. to make a little bit of a clip. And they do that all the time. You know, it's where trying to trade short term is a little bit more fraught with danger. Mm -hmm. So from a lot yep. of people. So look, I mean, it, it, mm. it looks good, but I'd like to see how it closes at the end of the month. Yeah, I would too. I think I like this stock. I mean, you know, it doesn't look too bad here at the moment, but it and it is. It above was a that great setup yeah, until it did great. what it did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I do like the stock. He bought in at 35. He's making money. So the yeah. idea is to stay with it while it's yeah. making money. Um, it's likely to continue on. Just make sure you set a stop loss. That's pretty much all I would That's say. That's it. Okay, we've got a question from Joe. Hi, Dale and Janine. Happy New Year to you both. It feels like that was a long time ago. Um, I'd like your thoughts on CSL, please. I purchased it with a bit of FOMO when it was bullish. Good on you for admitting that a couple of months ago. 298 and now it's fallen below its March 2020 low. It's high of 340 in Feb gave me some positivity about this stock and I'm in for long term but I'm wondering if your charting expertise can suggest if you believe it might fall much further. It appears to be a stock that does fluctuate and is sensitive to vaccine news at the moment definitely. Mm -hmm. Look um, it's just done something in the last couple of weeks and particularly last week uh, mm -hmm. that looks like it's more likely to continue to fall Mm. So it's really not what I would say is a stock that um, people would want to be holding. But Joe, you obviously make your own decisions and you're looking at this long term. However, you still, and it's good that she's looking at, I think it's a she, she's looking at the downside and thinking, I've got to be careful of the downside. Yeah. I mean, what she bought, it was it 298, was it? Uh, Around that, somewhere I think, at 298. Something around that. So, so it was probably moving up at the time. It was time. probably moving up at the time, unless she's mm. bought it somewhere on this side. But it's probably she probably bought it somewhere in here, and then obviously it's gone up a but bit. But it's the low that it's taken out that's yeah, really it's, worrying it's, us at the moment, isn't it? That's that, that what's low. really worrying us, is that sort of level there. If it, keeps, if it falls away much further, it's probably likely to go. It's just the way the monthly chart looks, because it's yeah, taken out the that, angle of that trend. Yeah, and that doesn't look... As good, good over here. So, just set a stop loss. If you've got two, it was a two ninety eight, was it? I just yeah. So just set yeah, a stop loss on it. And the real easy one is fifteen percent below your buy price. So uh, multiply two ninety eight if that's the buy price by fifteen percent. It'll come up with a dollar figure. Subtract that from two dollars ninety uh, two hundred ninety eight dollars. And if it falls below that, um, um, then you might want to exit. That's the rule I talk about in my book. Um, accelerate your wealth, which you talked about a little bit earlier. So you yeah, might want might, to buy the book. The concern is that it's mm. closed below this low in July. That's yeah. the real and it is a concern. last week. Um, anything's so look, possible, though, in the market, isn't it? It is. So you've got the next oh, one. Oh, my question. Okay. So we now have a question from Mikhail who says, Hi, Janine and Dale. I watched your top 20 stocks for 2021 part one where you started with Aristocrat Leisure on that show. On that show, sorry, on that show, Janine mentioned that ideally she would like it to go down for a month before you can get onto it. Now, it did go down, but now when you look at the weekly chart, you can see that it took out a December low and broke through support on the trend line. Isn't 
Um, isn't it mean that there is more downside to it? Please give us your views regards, regards Mikhail. Could, uh, it could very much indicate that um, from looking at uh, the chart. So we'll look at the chart. Now, when we say Janine says she'd like to, for, to fall for one, at least a month, it could fall for one, two, three or four months, but she'd like at least a bit of a fall. Mm. Um, but let's have a look at it now and see what your thoughts are now. Yeah, now it has pulled back at the mm. moment. It's not looking too concerning. It's just one month mm. down. It's just it was the resistance level that we've got across here that was mm. really um, on my mind around yeah. that thirty-two, thirty-three dollar mark, mm. which has shown to be a problem for it. But if it actually trades back above thirty-two dollars, then it might continue to move up through the all-time high. But you just yeah. want to be patient with it. Yeah. So right now he's uh, he's not saying he's in it. He's just saying he's he stayed out because we've actually you've actually that's said really like, wise, which is really really but nice. Don't make mm. decisions based on what we say. Correct. Make a decision based on your own rules and have a strategy in place. Yeah, yeah. So to me, right at the moment, it looks a bit weak. But if it starts to move up through here, you're saying it could be really really good. Mm. Okay. And the other question, the other thing is, watch part two. It's interesting. You know, part one, we've got so many viewers for part one, and only half as many for part two. You'd mm. think you want to see the second half, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? So go and look part two that's the second 10 stocks so Jenny and I did the top 20 stocks what we think they're going to be doing through 2021 part one and part two so we did those one I think was before Christmas and one was just after Christmas so you, you keep looking at me those. and I'm getting ready to read the next part okay you go and read the next part then the next question is from Jacob hi Janine and Dale I've just finished the diploma and I've really learned heaps thanks my question is in regards to robot and algorithmic trading oh, wow. are monthly charts now becoming more useful than weekly charts to enter a trade because of how robot trading makes the charts more choppy. I'd like to hear your opinion. Kind regards, Jacob. I love how he's thinking about this. That's an excellent question, isn't, isn't it? it? That is an excellent question. I know we get people telling us, oh, I'm really scared of all this algorithmic robot trading. Mm. You know, how can I win as a, you know, a rank amateur or just one person? And they, and I've had seriously had people that are seriously stressed about it. I it's go, don't worry about it. It's, it's nothing to be scared about. It's just to have an about. awareness and just to know your strategy yeah. or approach. That's really the most important thing. Mm. So what's your take on the question? Look, I think, um, as I said, a wise question mm. indeed. I think that this is really bringing up something that we talk about a lot, which mm. is to always have a look at the monthly chart. And I think the fact that he's raised the question too well, means that people are starting to think, well, can I do better on a monthly chart? Now, if you learn how to test a stock properly and how to analyse properly, you'll be able to prove whether a stock works better on the weekly chart or the monthly chart. Now, algorithmic trading's been around for decades. Okay, it may be um, coming to the forefront now and the amount of algorithmic trading may have increased. But still, I think that you can trade on either chart mm. if you've got a strategy in place. But the monthly charts, you know, there are some medium to long-term trades that you could take on stocks on monthly charts where you don't get necessarily chopped out as quick on the mm. weekly chart and could potentially stay in longer. But it just depends on what you've set for your portfolio and how you intend to trade. I mean, some people are amazed when they come and learn with us and they start comparing weekly charts to monthly charts and the difference in strategy, how long you can stay in. And um, also, because it makes it easier for people when they're working, doesn't it? Oh, that's one of the biggest things mm. that people say to us, you know, when they say, some people, sometimes people say to me, well, how are you going to help me with my trading? And I go, I'll simplify it. Mm. Because people are so busy with all sorts of stuff. They think they've got to trade during the day. They've got to say more mm. and they've got to trade daily charts and intraday and then trying to keep up with all these algorithms and everything else. And you don't. Yeah. And trading on a monthly chart can be far more profitable and easier if you've got the right strategies. Because probably the, the analogy I learned you might use would be if you're going to walk a tightrope you're going to be better off looking at your feet or looking at the horizon mm. you know and looking at daily charts is looking at your feet you know whereas looking at your horizon is more the monthly chart so you're going to see there and you're going to have a better balance on yep. the marketplace so I, I love the question I love the thinking behind all of that and I think you know I think you've got a, um, a good point there and I think you know um, looking at the weekly monthly charts far better yeah. Now, so just before we read the final question, oh. somebody told me a little secret about you, Dale, that yeah. um, you're supposed to have a lesson and, and someone's been waiting for you to have a lesson. Have so I been a bad boy? If you just look around, he's still waiting for a you lesson. to jump on that wave rider. And I bet that you're going to get on that thing in your budgie smugglers. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? No. Okay. So, no. so you haven't worn any budget smugglers over the last few years? 
Yes. You did. So you have got them. Not down the beach. <laughs> I swim in my pool in them. <laughs> okay, so. so only in private, not on the wave rider. Not on a wave rider. No, I'd put a wetsuit on. Just picture him on the That's, wave rider. That, that, that picture is Point Leo. Yeah. That's at Point Leo. So I mean, That's beautiful the, sand down I know, there. it's beautiful beach, but the water is probably 18 degrees. So my budgie smugglers are getting pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> it's 18 degrees. My okay. pool's about 28 degrees. <laughs> okay, we, we better get on to that. But you're going down there at some stage, aren't you? Going down? Yeah, I'm going to go down there and catch up with him. But when, he's not going to teach. I, I was riding one of those. I'll make when sure I was, I'm there on that weekend. I was riding them when I was like about 14 and 15 <laughs> down the surf club. So I might see if I can get a photo and bring it back to the show. No. The final question we have is from Young Mellow. Young if candlestick Mellow. and bar charts are the same thing, then bar charts and line charts, are they the same thing? Why not use a line chart then? To some people, bar charts... Uh, it may be too simple and doesn't tell the whole story. Candlesticks give more information. Question mark, would you agree? Um, no. <laughs> to which question? To, well, <laughs> to the whole lot. To the whole lot. No, to me, I got, and we brought this up because last week we talked a bit about, because we had a question about bar and candlestick charts yeah. and somebody saying they're better. And sometimes people say they're better because that's all they see when they bring up a chart online or something. Like that. And it's not. It, it's total BS. They're the same thing. Yep. It's just represented differently. So have, let's put it up on the screen. I'm going to show you a little how a bar chart is calculated or made or constructed, and I'm going to show you a candlestick and what the difference is between the two. So let's have a look on the screen right now. This is a bar chart, and on a bar chart, we have four points of data. So we yep. have the open, which is this little tick onto the left, the low, which is, that's the low for the period where it's a day, week, or month. It doesn't matter the time frame. So that's the low. So it opened at $1.05 traded to a dollar, traded up to a dollar 20, so that's the high point, and that's where it closed for that period, whether it's a day, week, or month. And this is stuff we teach people in a trading mental course, in a diploma course. So that same data is exactly the same for a candlestick chart. So when you see a bar chart, you know that the little tick on the left is the open, the little tick on the right is the close, the bottom of the bar is the lowest price during that period, or paid for during that period, and the top of it is the highest price paid for that stock during the period. Now, this is the only difference of the candlestick, so just watch what we're gonna do. That's the candlestick using exactly the same data. So the candle, all it does is it draws a box around the open and close. So if candle is white, then it's opened down here and it's closed up here. If it's, the candle is black, that means it opened up here and closed down here. That's the only difference in reading that, but it's exactly the same data. There is no difference between the two. The only reason people talk about candlesticks is showing the emotions of the market. Mm. And that's because, it's, and they look at one or two candlesticks and what a candlestick is doing in relation to a previous candle. But you can do exactly the same on a bar chart. There are bar chart reversals just the same as the candlestick ones. They might have a different name, but they're the same thing. Now they've got other ones, you know, like three black crows, you know, you've got morabozos and all sorts of different funny names for candlesticks. Whereas, you know, a uh, uh, bar chart, you might have outside bar reversals and a few others. But pretty much it's exactly the same data. But so I wouldn't agree that candlesticks are better than bar charts. They're the same. One's not better than the other. It's just what you prefer. Uh, we use bar charts and we teach our students to read the candles within the bar chart. So you only need to have one chart. And that's what you were talking about last yeah. week. Is there anything else you want to add to that? No, I just say, look, for me, mm -hmm. I can see initially that the candlesticks might simplify it for people. Yeah. But I really think that if you can learn to read, now, based on my own experience, if you can learn to read what's happening, like I can see that, okay, you know, the, the, originally the okay. buyers have opened up the so, market yeah, so on that day. So we go back to the, the image, right? So the buyers have opened the market at $1.05. Yeah, probably in the first half an hour or so it's been sold off, which can often happen, first yeah. half an hour an hour. If this is a daily chart. Yep. yep. And then overridingly, the people who are in the know come back in to control it during the day and close it high. Close it high. So that's just telling me straight away that there's some interest in the stock mm. and it could continue to rise at least the So this the next is the day. stuff we teach in our, in our diploma course and in our trading mentor mm. course about how to understand the emotions. It's understanding yeah. the emotions and the psychology and what people mm. are doing and matching that up and we do when we're looking at the bar analysis and just you know breakout trading for example this is a really good one mm. um, to really understand there's all different techniques you can use different movements in on a mm. daily um, move to tell you whether you're getting out like whether you're going to get out at the close whether you're going to get out intraday 
Um, mm. it de it's dependent on how the stock moves and what the mm. history tells you. Yeah, and the other thing I'd like to talk about while we're still on this chart is is with a line chart, because they did mention a line chart. A line chart is completely that different. That tells you nothing, really. That it's really just, tells you nothing. That's We look at those line charts to just to give us a feel for what the overall mm. direction is of particular markets mm. and co when comparing them, one yep. market to another. But to try to work out what's happening on in the psychology of the market, you can't do that. And a lot of broker sites just give you basic line charts. Now, mm. on the line chart, how to construct the line chart, basically there's only one data point on the line chart, and that's the close. Well, you so can change it sometimes for you these can, line charts. You can, the either be the open, the Most high, the low. Cases, yeah, yeah, so those four points of data we talked about, the open, the high, the low, and the close, well, you'll choose one of those points of data to do your line chart. Generally, it's the close. So if we were doing a line chart from this data, we'd just do a dot there for that close at $1.15, and then the next bar unfolded, let's say it closed at $1.20, up there we'd put another dot there, and then we just draw a line between $1.15 and $1.20. If the next day or period it opened up at $1.30 up here, then we just continue the line up. And that's really how a line chart is constructed. Yeah. Now, so what it's pretty the problem, basic. problem that happens is that people go into mm. trying to learn strategies before they understand how a yep. bar works and Correct. how bars work in relation to other bars on the chart. Mm. And, you know, you might think, okay, that's really a simplified example, and it is. But when you start to look at other bars on the chart, then you've got to learn to read and recognise what's happening with highs and lows and not just the bars, but then where troughs form, where the lows form. It, you've got to be able to put all that together and then understand how the entries mm. and exits form as well. This is Starting serious. from that point, it's the first step, isn't it? This is seriously process. the most underrated skill that I see. Yeah. And it is like, and I often say to when, we're, when I'm mentoring our students is, Janine and I look at this all day long, mm. like this, the psychology where the opens and closes are and looking at that. And yet people go, oh, that's really simple how to draw a bar chart and understanding bar analysis. But they don't, they skip right over it thinking mm. it's too simple, but it's just, if you're day trading or intraday trading it's or like you're- It's like not having a foundation in your building. Yeah, it's a real foundation. So understanding how bars forms and the psychology and is so critical into your trading, whether it's a monthly, weekly, mm. daily chart. But short-term bar analysis and understanding how all this works is is seriously critical and is the difference between making profits and losses yeah. in a lot of cases. But, you know, and, and again, it's stuff that you need to know. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're an investor or a trader, you do need to know it. All right. Do you want to keep going now? No, I'm happy. All right. Last week, we asked you to tell us, what do you believe is the biggest risk for investors in 2021? Our preferred response was from Mike, who said... I don't understand how the markets can continue to grow when half of the small business in Australia are struggling to stay profitable or closed and the knock-on impact um, this potentially could have discussed. So we can talk about that now. Wow, okay. Briefly. So look, I'm, I'm seeing businesses that have closed yep. um, through COVID. I'm seeing some businesses that are just going from strength to Game strength busters. and I'm even hearing uh, people in the property sector that are taking off, and there's flow-on effects to all of that that's coming on. Construction mm. yep. uh, is picking up. So I'm not so sure that it's actually as bad as it was a few, some months ago now. Yeah, we've got to think we've got to looking at job seeker, job keeper coming to an Which end. Which is coming to an end, but they're bringing up something else. We've what, had what's the, going to happen We've now? had the moratorium on renters mm. and um, housing loans and stuff like that. That's all coming to an end, yeah? I think there'll be a consolidation yeah. in terms of some businesses, but look, I don't know. I don't, I think... Australia's um, much more well-placed, though. I think this next point was interesting as well, mm. don't you? Like, the biggest oh. risk was actually... this. I put a second one in. I'm not allowed to do this, but I decided to do it. You can't count, remember? Um, from Meteo, who said, the biggest risk is investor complacency. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. I think that you're quite correct, and we see that a lot, don't that we? That buy-and-hold scenario where people just get complacent and they don't actually... You, I don't think you can do that as well nowadays. Back in the 70s and 80s mm. and even into the 90s, yeah, buy and hold sort of, you could say, yeah, okay, you could have an argument that worked okay. Because some of the corrections are getting bigger. But the corrections are getting bigger and some of them are coming out of left field like mm. COVID. So you've got to be more active in your investing style and a bit more educated. And I think we need to do that. So complacency where ducking in your head in the sand saying, oh, well, it's all too hard. It's not really going to work. Now, my question for this week is, do you believe a good time to buy is prior to reporting season? Because we're coming up to reporting season or after the companies have reported to the market. So let, tell us your experience or what you perceive as being the better time to buy. We'd love to hear your view. Uh, so share your thoughts in the comments section below. Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? Mm, you thought of it.
Unfortunately, we've come to the end of tonight's show. We hope you have enjoyed the show tonight. We look forward to bringing you all of the hot topics related to trading in the market this year. Feel free to make suggestions on future topics. Did I actually give you that thing, did I? Jeez, we thank I... you for participating. And remember, if you need any support and have questions about our courses, don't let your questions go unanswered. You can call our office on... Stop pointing. 1300 858 272 or email us at info at wealthwithin.com.au. Also remember to hit that subscribe button and like the video and be sure to put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday 7 to 8 p.m. If you'd like to have your question answered on the show, either send your question in an email to info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. And you must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get into that night show. Get it in tonight if you can. And if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for our upcoming shows. We've had a couple actually recently. Mm, very good really ones. Really good ones. Mm. As always, thank you for joining us and we really do hope you have uh, you have a really happy and a safe time over the next week until we next meet. So we do look forward to you joining us again. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Take care. Bye for now. I'm going to get two budgies snuggled up. <laughs> I might get some pink ones. <laughs> no. Uh... Goodbye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.